Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. All right. How's everybody doing? Good. I'm so glad that all of you are joining us this morning. And for those of you that are joining online, man, it's amazing to see not only the audience and people that we have here and how the how our church is growing in person, but also to see what God is doing online as well. Because you guys, I got to look looking back through, and let me tell you, this this sermon series with the book of Acts that Pastor Jason has been doing, we've been seeing phenomenal response online. Okay? And what's so crazy is pretty much what we what we have here this morning, we have that as an online audience as well. So you guys, give, give yourselves a hand clap of praise for that. That is huge. All right. So, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this. How many of you were in service with us last week? All right. All right. Now, if you remember correctly, Pastor said that you should bring three things to church with you every single Sunday. Correct? God said, bring your Bible. How many of you brought your Bible? All right. Now, the next two things are pretty tricky. God said, or God said, Pastor said, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get that mixed up. Huh? Okay, you bring a highlighter. How many of you brought a highlighter with you? Jason Sneed, I'm so proud of you. But here's a question. Did you bring a pen and paper to take notes as well? All right, you guys, y'all are ready, okay? Because I don't know how many of you have ever been in a service where I'm speaking, okay? I talk, tend to talk fast. I have too much. Yeah, talk too much too. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate that. Um, I talk fast. I give you a lot of information quickly, okay? And so you want to have, I'm going to give you some nuggets today that you're not going to want to miss, and that I think is very important with where we are as a church today, okay? And so you brought your notes, you brought your highlighter, you brought your Bibles, we're ready, right? All right. So today's message, it comes from a series that I've done before called We is Greater Than Me. And the title of today's message that I'm going to bring, the title of today's message is Two Kingdoms. And the two kingdoms that we have in play today is the kingdom of we and the kingdom of me. And before we dive into this, um, I just want to give a special shout out. How many of those, how many of you were in attendance to our Embrace Grace baby shower yesterday? You guys, let me tell you, if you weren't here, you missed a blessing. So if I could get my media team to show, look at these three. These three are three young ladies that have gone through our Embrace Grace class this semester. Give them a round of applause. And you're like, well, Pastor Daniel, why are you showing this right now and not during announcements? Because yesterday is a perfect example of what we are going to be talking about today. And it's the kingdom of we. Because 
when there are times that you've, something unexpected in life happens, a lot of times we may have the first action and reaction of withdrawing and pulling back. But the kingdom of we is founded, you know, it, it is founded in Scripture on so many levels and so many different times that it mentions the kingdom of we. And I'm going to show you some examples of this. But our church showed up for these three young ladies yesterday to make them feel special. And that is what a community of believers is all about. And we're going to look at that in Scripture today. But before we go into that, let's, take a, let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for every single person that you have in attendance here today, both in person and online. And Lord, I just pray that you will bless the words that you have given me today. Lord, that they will be anointed words as we, I speak them as your servant. But Lord, as the congregation and those that are here hear your word, that they will also apply the words to your, their lives, dear God. And I just pray that you will minister to us in a mighty, mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So first off, I want to talk about the kingdom of we, okay? And the first thing I want to talk about is the foundation of the kingdom of we was established by the Father, by the Son, and the Holy Spirit, so let's turn, and, and, chat, and I'm going to take a lot of Scripture references out of John today. So you might just thumb through the book of John, but I'm also going to give a lot of references throughout, okay? So let's start primarily in the book of John, and I'm going to begin reading in John chapter 1, and I'm going to read right now verses 1 through 4. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Okay, who is He? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Okay, so the Word, Jesus, was with God at the very beginning. All right? Verse 3, God created everything through time, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. Skip a couple of chapters to John chapter 6 and verse 38. It says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me. Okay? Not to do my will. But whose will? The will of God who sent me. Correct? So in these verses, Jesus ultimately said, the Father and I are one. Okay? Let's take a look at a couple of more scriptures. John chapter 16. So skip over a few more chapters, okay? John chapter 16 and verse 7. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Version. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strength, strengthener, stand by, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. Did Jesus say that I am leaving, see you later, I'm deucing out? No, 
He did not. Why? Because we are not supposed to do life on our own. We have a team. We have a comforter. We have a strengthener. We have that that is our intercessor, our counselor, our standby. We have a partner in life in the Holy Spirit. But you know what? It's not just in the Holy Spirit in itself in God, but also it is through our brothers and sisters in Christ as well. So, I'm going to take it back to the beginning because you're like, okay, this is in John. This is in the New Testament. This is great. I see that God is going to do all this and he's going to send all this. Well, go back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the foundations of we and they and the foundation of we is what created all of humanity. All right, so number two that I want to talk about in the kingdom of we is that we were created to be interconnected. We are not created to be isolated. Amen? Okay, some of you, you're like, but I like being alone. I like my time. I can be quiet and without any directions or not, not directions, but any, no interruptions at all. It's really nice. I get that, but we should not seclude and isolate ourselves from everything, including the church. We should not do that, okay? So what does interconnected mean? Merriam-Webster lists the definition as having internal connections between the parts or elements. I want to make sure I read that again and make sure that y'all are really understanding what interconnected means because this is what the foundation of we is all about, is being interconnected through the body of Christ. Okay, so Merriam-Webster lists the definition of interconnected. Having internal connections between the parts or the elements. Did you hear that? Internal connections. Not just external connections. Internal connections. So I'm going to give you an example of, example of this, okay? An aspen tree. Aspen trees is not just one solid single tree. You will hardly ever see just one aspen tree by itself. One aspen tree is a small part of a large organism, okay? They exist in a stand or a group that aspen trees that originates from a single seedling, but can grow to cover many, many acres of land, the aspen is the largest living organism in the world. Okay? You know, I'm full of useless facts. i got to give you all something. Okay? Or it just would not be me. Did you catch what I just said? The aspen tree is the largest living organism in the world with identical genetic markers. You're like, well, what does that mean? Okay, and the Pando Aspen clone, take me to that next, there you go. 
Guess what? You see that? Imagine the world's largest, most dense organism that ever existed. No, it's not some extinct dinosaur mysterious creature on the ocean floor. It's the Pando-Aspen clone on the Fish Lake National Forest. This one organism, did you hear what I said? One. This one organism weighs approximately 13 million pounds. They have a collective root system of 40, uh, an estimated 40,000 aspen trees is believed to have been born from one single seed at the end of the ice age. Guess what? Humans should also be interconnected biologically, emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, and spiritually. Did you get that? Humans are also interconnected biologically, emotionally, physically, intellectually, and spiritually. We are too. We are not meant to do it on our own. We as humans are the ones that create the isolated self. And it's very dangerous and damaging. Well, why, why do you think that is? Because it is unnatural. What is natural is for us to be connected. So, number three, our strength and success, they are dependent upon our relationship to God and to what? Say that again. Not just myself, right? To God and to others. Guess what? God is the author of life. And a connection to God and others are crucial. Our relationship with others is like a web of life. It creates a safety net for us. So here's a question. How many of you in here have ever done a ropes course? Nobody. Okay, two pe- three people. Okay, and when I say a ropes course, I'm not just talking about one that you might find at the playground that's like two feet off the ground. Okay, I'm talking about one that is elevated up into trees. And I I have seen them that you actually have to take an an elevator or a lift to get up to even your starting point, okay? And so you're not just up there, okay? The one that I've been uh, been on, it was um, out in the Boy Boy Scouts camp that's going out towards Junction City, okay? They have a, a beautiful ropes course, at least they used to. To where, you know, you climb up and you get ready, you clip on, you have, you have, what do you call it? A harness, yeah. Okay, you're not just up there walking across a cable or a rope and just say, you know what, I got this. If I fall off, I'm dead. Okay, no, that's not the way it works. Okay, you actually have someone that you, well, you're tied off and hooked off, hooked off on you know, someone that has got your back. You've got your harness that's tied up and secured to where you have those that are following you on that course. And if you fall off, guess what? That rope um, tension, it tenses up to where when you fall, yes, you may fall, but guess what? You've got a backup. Did you hear me? When you fall, 
you have a backup. Is that not what the body of Christ should be? When we fall or if we're having a hard time, we have people there that are with us, that are going to do life with us, and that are going to have our back in that time of need, and we're going through struggles and trials and tribulations, that we have that backup. Guess what? Me connected to you, and you connected to me. You might fall, but I've got your safety rope, and you're not going to fall to your destruction. If we stumble and fall or lose our grip, we have a safety net. The safety net, you're looking, look to your left, look to your right. There is your safety net. You've got brothers and sisters in Christ that are there for you. So let's read, let's turn to Matthew chapter 25, excuse me, Matthew chapter 12. Verse 25, I want to read this out of the Amplified Version as well. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Any kingdom that is divided against itself. And what I like about the New Living Translation, it says, Divided by civil war. Okay? Any kingdom that is divided by civil war is being laid laid waste. And no city or house divided against itself, will continue to stand. Guess what? We are created for relationships. We were created to have a vast root system of family, of friends, and community. The enemy wants to separate us. So I've talked about the kingdom of we, I'm going to talk about the kingdom of me now because he wants us to isolate. He wants us to get get alone because that is when we are vulnerable and susceptible to the kingdom of me. The foundation of the kingdom of me was established by Lucifer. Okay? Lucifer, Satan, the devil, the dark one. Isaiah 14 gives us a perfect explanation of what happened and why Lucifer was the creator of the kingdom of me. Okay, so let's read Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12 through 15. How how you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. Now here's some words that I want to highlight in this in verse 13, for you said to yourself, and this is, this is what Satan said to himself. He said, I will ascend to the heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. And I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the Most High. Did you ever hear we in that scripture? I heard a whole lot of me and I in possession. What about you? In verse 15, it says, instead, 
you will be brought down on the place of the dead, down to the lowest depths. What did Satan do? He exalted himself. He exalted himself above God. He said, it's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about me, 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 me. He wanted to be seen, and he wanted the attention. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, at some point, um, it says, pride, what? Pride comes before destruction, right? Is that what it says? Pride comes before fall, right? Wouldn't you say that Satan had a pretty big fall? No. Anybody? Yes. Pride is exalting self. Pride, it is an inflated view of yourself, which leads us to number two, the kingdom of me. It exalts me above everything else. It's my, me first, my way or the highway. It's my wants. It's my desires. It's my timing. It's I want to be in charge. It's me, me, me. It exalts me above all else. And number three, the, the kingdom of me, the purpose of this kingdom, its purpose is destruction. I know that we're all familiar with John chapter 10, verse 10. Am I right? Okay, and it tells us what the kingdom of me is all about. I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible. It says, a thief is only there to what? Y'all can do better than that. Okay, a thief is only there to what? Steal, to kill, and what? Okay, steal, kill, and destroy. We, or that is me, right? That is me, the kingdom of me. That is what Satan wants to do, steal, kill, and destroy. Now, let's read the second part of that. I came so you can have real and eternal life. A more and better life than you could even imagine. That is not wanting to steal from you. The kingdom of we is not to kill you. It is not to destroy you. The kingdom of we is to lift you up and give you more and better than even you can imagine. I don't know about you, but I want to be in that kingdom of we. So let's pause right here for a second. This verse right here shows us a direct comparison. The kingdom of me and the kingdom of we. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The kingdom of we, Jesus came so you can have real life. You can have a better life. The kingdom of we takes the focus off of self. Did you get that? The kingdom of we takes the focus off yourself and puts it on others. Did I tell you that we had an Embrace Grace baby shower? Did I mention that earlier? It was not to focus on the people, the individual people that were there. It was to focus and celebrate with others for the decisions that they have made. 
It's the kingdom of we. Me thinking and activities can destroy. They will destroy. Me thinking, me first in a marriage, guess what? It'll destroy it. Me first, the cutthroat mentality in our careers, guess what? It'll destroy it. Me thinking and me first in our friendships and our relationships, guess what? It'll destroy it. Now let's get away from the kingdom of me. And I want to talk about the power of we over me. The power that takes place in the kingdom of we. We must daily align ourselves to the vision and the power of we. Let's shift gears and lay a foundation of how powerful the we lifestyle truly is. The power of we over me. We sees beyond ourselves. Yes, I know that's not grammatically correct. I get it. I apologize to all my teachers that are watching and that are here. I know that's not. But we sees the needs, sees the issues and the challenges of others. It's a, big, it's a vision bigger than ourselves, but what happens way too often is that we get focused on ourselves. Okay, so I want to, how many of you brought your imagination caps with you today? Okay, so good. We're going to have the imagination station today, and I want you to put on your imagination caps. There you go. Beautiful. Looks great. Little ki- looks like, kind of looks like a kitty cat. <laughs> okay, so let's put our imagination hats on. Okay, and imagine you were one big single puzzle piece. Okay, I know some of you may have a hard time seeing that, but so here, here you go. Imagine that you walk around with this big, huge puzzle piece. And what you're doing is you're walking around saying, you know what, I'm a little, I look a little weird. But I can't find out where I fit in every place that I'm putting this. I, it just will not accept me. It will not. You walk around all day with your peace. You feel awkward. You don't fit anywhere. You begin to ask yourself, what am I good for? You feel that you're weird and that you're different and that everyone else, and different than everyone else, we've lost focus of who we are because we are totally focused on ourselves. And we're trying to fit ourselves in everywhere. We're trying to put our agenda, our mentality, our ideas, and we're trying to make it our way. And it's just not working. That happens when you are just looking at the me factor. So let me just prepare you right now. I might hurt a couple of feelings with the statement that I'm about to make, okay? I'm preparing you. And this might come to a surprise to some of you. The world does not revolve around you. I know some of you may be shocked at that, but the world does not revolve around you. So I want to read um, a section of passage, a passage of Scripture out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
verses 12 through 20. The human body has many parts. Hmm, have we heard this before? But the many parts make up the whole body. So it is the body of Christ, right? Verse 13. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized in one body by one spirit, and we share the same spirit. Verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. I want to skip down to verse 18. But our bodies, which are the body of Christ, have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Every part matters. We cannot leave one part out. So how many of you enjoy putting puzzles together? Okay. A few of you? Okay. You know, one memory that I have of my grandparents' house is that there was always a puzzle that is being put together. And, of course, the puzzle, the puzzle pieces, the, the puzzle can't be in the most highly trafficked area in the house, right? It's usually tucked off in a very quiet place so you can really concentrate but I remember coming together um, as, at my grandparents' house. It was a pretty big family get-together whenever we got together for the holidays. So my grandparents had a big family. They had seven kids. All of them were married. 19 grandchildren. 26 great-grandchildren. And they kept multiplying. Okay? So, yes, our family get-togethers get a little loud. Okay, some of you, how many of you ever heard me laugh and laugh at the way that I laugh? Okay, when I laugh, it's not quiet. It's pretty loud. Well, guess what? I get it from this side of the family. So imagine my laughter times 50. Okay, that's a very loud house. Okay, so yes, family get-togethers can get loud. And so I remember sliding back into the puzzle room for nice quiet. And, you know, I remember just working on that puzzle. So many people have commented on the way, um, well, just imagine you find this, you get to the end of the puzzle, okay? And this is the way puzzles are put together at my house, having a couple of cats and a couple of dogs. You get to the very final piece of the puzzle, and guess what? There's one missing. You know, who knows? The dog may have thought, hey, this looks like bacon. Or the cats decided to play table hockey and it, you know, goes slung across the room somewhere that nobody can find. Are there any weirdos in here? No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Is there anyone in here that says, oh, that's okay? No. I am furious. I'm throwing puzzle pieces at them. No, I'm not really, but I'm just like, really? I'm like hurt. There's just one thing about putting together a puzzle that if you're missing one piece, guess what? The puzzle is not complete. 
is just because you have 499 puzzle pieces. And you're like, oh, it's good. No, it's not. Because you're missing number 500. Every piece of a puzzle is valuable. Every piece. And the puzzle is only complete when we have all of those pieces. My question to you is, are you the piece of the puzzle that we're missing? Are you the piece of the puzzle that would complete us? Are you the piece of the puzzle that helps us complete the vision of God? We are not complete without you. You are valuable to us. All right, the kingdom, the power of the kingdom of we, we values the bond of love. How many of you love superglue? Okay, I'm a youth pastor, and so I love superglue because it helps me mend and fix a lot of things. I was going I thought about taking just random quarters and supergluing them to the lobby floors um, and to see what that does. But I knew that Pastor Jason and my wife and Luke, none of them would be happy about that because guess what? As the youth pastor, I would not be the one that's left scraping them up. I just passed that along to someone else. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. I would not do that. Okay, well, uh, maybe I would. <laughs> but superglue bonds things together that maybe naturally they don't belong. Okay, so if I had a coffee cup and I broke the handle, I could use super glue to put that handle back, right? That naturally fits. But how many of you have ever seen couples and you just look at them, you're like, they just don't fit. Okay, not everybody, and my wife says thank God about this, not everybody in this room is like me. Do I, do I have an amen, Barbie? Okay. And so Barbie thanks God for that. Probably many of you probably thank God for that. Okay. But what is so cool is superglue, if we imagine that as God's love, superglue, the love of God connects people. Oh, you see where I'm going with this now. Connects people that don't naturally fit together. So those of you that may not have any vocal talents or musical talents, guess what? You still have a place because the bonds of love can put you here and connect you with someone or something. Oh, come on. I, they needed more than that. I don't think y'all got that. The bond of love, what the love of Jesus Christ can connect you to the house in a place that you may not naturally look to fit. But guess what? God has a place for you at One Community Church. No matter who you are, no matter how different that you are, God has a place for you at One Community Church. Where love flows, life flows. Just like super glue. And I know those of you that have ever been kids and have played with super glue, 
Everyone in here has super glued your fingers together. Am I right? And guess what? It does not take a lot. Guess what? It does not take a lot of the love of Jesus Christ to connect you to the kingdom of God either. If people don't feel loved and appreciated and that they have a place or that they belong, if they're not bound by love, they are going to fall off. I'm going to repeat that because that sounded really good to me, and I just want to make sure that y'all got that, okay? If people don't feel loved and appreciated and that they have a place or that they belong and they don't feel the love of Christ, they will drop off. So Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, verse 2, for, it, for my hope is that their hearts will be encouraged and as they are knit together in unselfish love. You know, I remember, I'm not going to say it in the old days. I remember, how many of you grew up in a church that they had the ladies quilting team? They had this little group of ladies that would meet at the church every Saturday morning and they would put together quilts. Okay? And they would, what is so amazing about these quilts is that they would take these little bitty patches of different color fabrics, sew them all together, and make one big blanket. Okay? Many of you may not know that my youngest daughter, Zoe, she loves sunflowers. Okay? And so, um, the last few years, during the ho- especially closer to the holiday times, Barbie has really, um, like last year, I think she gave multiple, like four or five blankets that she had crocheted together and gave blankets as Christmas gifts. And so Zoe had this idea that says, hey, Mom, will you make me a sunflower blanket? I'm like, that can be done? Apparently it can be. But do you know what? What I have learned through this process is that you have to start out not by just going, starting with the border and putting it all together as you go across. That's not how it's done. But first, Barbie crochets those sunflowers, a bunch of different sunflowers, and then they're placed together. They are bonded together. Do y'all see where I'm going with this, you guys? We are all individuals, but we're not supposed to stay that way. We should be bond together, bound together. I'll put we are should be bound together with love, and that brings us together in unity. So I have a question for you today. How many of you want to make an impact on others? Anybody? Okay. How many of you want to impact others with the love of Jesus Christ? All right. So before we can really determine that we want to make an impact, we need to know what the definition of impact is. So the definition of impact, the force 
of impression of one thing on another, a significant or major effect, a mission that we should all have at one community is to impact with the force, the impression of God's love on one another in order to have a major effect on other people's lives. Did y'all get that? Impact with the force of the impression of God's love on one another's life in order to have a major effect on other people's lives. John chapter 17, verses 21 through 23. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are mine, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. I'm going to pause just right here a moment. The prayer has yet to be fulfilled. This prayer has not yet been fulfilled. That we would be in such perfect unity as a church that the world would know the love of of Jesus Christ through us. That we would be in such perfect unity. Okay? What does the power of we in the kingdom and the power of we do? We enables us to accomplish more. You have a limitation and I have limitations. We are all weak in ourselves, but we must think about it this way. Where you might have a limitation, I might be strong. Where I might be limited, guess what? You may be strong. And with us together, united as a team, we offset our weaknesses or limitations with each other. And we are one strong body of Christ, a unified team. How many of you want to be a unified body moving in one direction and in perfect unity? I know that I do. I want to impact as many people as possible. And we can't do that alone. We would have so much better an impact when we are moving in the same direction. So for my sports fans, let's look at it this way. On our team, we have an all-SEC quarterback and running back. Okay? And in this season, many of the national media, they had, a high, they had both of these individuals on their Heisman lists. Y'all might think I'm talking about Arkansas, but it's some other team. Okay? But without an offensive line, okay, maybe I am. Okay, without an offensive line, do you think... Do you think that we can move the ball? Obviously not. If we don't have an offensive line to give the quarterback time to throw the ball and make the holes for the running back to run through, can they do that? No. If we don't have receivers that can run good routes to get open, will they get the ball? No. Or have an offensive coordinator? Too soon. (laughs) Or have an offensive coordinator that can call the right place to get the ball down the field in the right place? then it does not matter what an individual player can do. 
It does not matter what you as an individual, the talent that you individually bring to the table. Obviously, we don't just need a great quarterback, but we need a coach, an offensive line, a running back, receivers, and a defensive, a defensive line, and a kicker. We must have everyone to be successful. In Philippians chapter 2, I'm, I'm wrapping things up. Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. Then make me truly happy by agreeing heart, wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Verse 4, don't look out only for your own interests, which is the kingdom of me thinking, correct? But take an interest in others, the kingdom of we. We must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. It's called thinking beyond yourself. It's seeing someone in need and saying, how can I help? Does everyone in here agree that the example of who we should model our life after is Jesus Christ? Do you agree with that? How did Jesus live his life? Was he the one barking the orders and telling people to serve him? Absolutely not. He was not the one that was sitting back on the throne eating grapes. Absolutely not. That was not Jesus. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it states, Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve. Who did he serve? He served the hurting. He served the sick. He served the widow. He served the poor. He served the outcast. Is it okay if I'm real? If you are the one that is wounded or hurting, it's okay to allow others to help you. Did you know that is how our bodies naturally work? When one of our senses are weakened, Guess what? Our other senses are strengthened to offset the weakness of the one that is hurt. It's natural. And are we not the body of Christ? How many of you have ever had a bad day? Okay. Making sure I wasn't the only one. Everybody in here has had a bad day. Anybody in here had a bad week? Okay. What about a bad month? Has anybody ever needed encouragement? When you were weak, when you were hurt, when you needed help and someone came along with a word of encouragement, does that not help? You guys, you never know what an individual is going through. 
because you never know that just because just because I have this on my face does not mean that I am happy and that everything is going great. Because too many of us have the fake it till we make it mentality to where it's okay that we put on this face and that we fake it and like, yes, everything is great. I'm doing fine. Everything's going to be okay. Everything is just fine. Guess what? It's okay not to be okay. Because we have a safety net. We have brothers and sisters, other parts of the body of Christ that are ready to take up the slack for when you are sick, when you are down and out, when life has got you down, you have people that are here to back you up. That is true community. So here's my last point, and if my media team, if you guys, if you could go ahead and start playing music softly. The power of we, we increases our impact on the world. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 17. John chapter 17 and verse 23. It says, I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. The number one reason that everyone on this earth isn't saved and that Jesus has not returned is because the body of Christ is divided in their mission and in their purpose. We are divided by race. We are divided by beliefs and doctrines. We are divided by politics. We are divided by age. We are divided by our sex, our gender. We are also divided by our financial status. We, fall, we find all kinds of reasons to be divided. But I love what I love about God's church is its reflection of all people of all races, red and yellow, black and white, all beliefs, Baptists, Methodists, Catholics, Pentecostals, non-denomination, all political views, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, all ages, young and old, all genders, male and female, all financial statuses, rich and or poor. Acts chapter 4, 32, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that they owned, what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that they had. The, under, the early church understood its mission. They were united in heart and in mind. I want to make sure that everyone in here and everyone watching online knows this. Only a united church can heal a divided land. I'm going to say that because I want to make sure that everybody understands that. Only a united church 
can heal a divided land. I came across a Gallup study that stated that 67% of adults in the United States, 67 adults, 67% of all adults living in the United States say that they attended church regularly when growing up. 67%. That's pretty good. And in 2022, the Pew Research Center stated that only 30% of adults living in the United States attend church at least once a month. So we go from 67% of adults growing up attending church to only 30% of adults attend once out of every month. What does that tell me? There are too many leaders and believers are more focused on recruiting players than they are on the team that is sitting on their bench rather than seeking and saving the lost. You guys, our purpose is to expand the kingdom. How do we do that? A little bit of super glue and getting them connected to the local body. Well, how do I do that? Invite them to church. Invite them to a community group. Invite them to attend a freedom semester. A little bit of love to connect them. And you never know when that bond is made what can happen. Our goal at One Community Church is to fulfill both the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment is love as I have loved you. The great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of those. I'm going to wrap this up in today's message by telling you this. The greater our unity, the louder our voice is in the world. The greater our unity, the louder our voice in the world. finish up Matthew chapter 18 verses 19 and 20. I'll also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. But why does God do this? It's the power of we. For verse 20, for where two or three, it's not we, it's not me. It's where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Everybody bow your heads and eyes closed. Father, I just pray that you will give us vision to be what you have called us to be, dear God. Not to be part of team me, but to be part of team God and team we. We can do greater things together than we could ever do Lord, connect us. Connect us 
with the bond of love. Connect us in community groups and freedom groups and men and women and teenagers and young boys and girls. Connect us in our neighborhoods and at work. Connect us in our relationships and connect us with the hurting and the dying and help us find your lost kids because nothing else matters more than finding your lost kids. You guys, right now, I'm going to ask. There may be some in here that you've been living in the kingdom of me. You've been trying to do it your way. You've been isolating yourself. You've been pulling yourself back into isolation to where it's me. I want things or my way or the highway. I want to do things on my own. I want to do things in my time. But you've grown weak and you've grown tired. Is there anyone in here that says, Pastor Daniel, I'm ready to join the power of we. Is there anyone here? If that is you, just please, all heads are bowed and all your eyes are closed. I want you to raise your hand if you're saying, Daniel, Pastor Daniel, I am tired and I'm ready to join the power in the team of we. Yes, I see those hands right back up and right back down all across this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Up in the balcony, I see those hands. Thank you. So if everybody would, if you would stand with me this morning. And as a collaborative prayer, because I don't want to single anyone out right now, okay? But as a collaborative prayer, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you guys to repeat it after me, because we've had a, a, large, a large amount of people that have raised their hands. And what we're going to do, we're all going to pray this, and we're going to rededicate our lives to Christ, okay? And so what we're going to do, if you would, as I pray this prayer, I want you guys to repeat it after me. Dear God, forgive me of my sins and my mistakes. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I invite him to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me and forgiving me. My life is now in your hands. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.